You're listening to the Writing Momentum Podcast with authors Christopher and Gina Mazzelli, where you'll discover more about writing, publishing, building your author brand, and selling your book. Now, here's your hosts, Chris and Gina. Hello, and welcome back to the Writing Momentum Podcast. I'm Christopher Maselli, and I'm here with my wife, Gina. How are you doing today, Gina? I'm doing great, thanks. All right. Well, we are talking about social media, aren't we? We are. This is part two of a series that we're doing on social media. And we are, well, I think as authors, we can struggle with social media. We want to write our books. We want to get our message out there, Mm -hmm. whether we're authors or whether we're bloggers or whether we're, you know, some other kind of writer, we want to get our message out there, but we sometimes have a hard time navigating social media. Even if we enjoy it on a personal level, we don't necessarily know what to do with it on a professional level. So we're going to talk today. Well, we talked in our last podcast about why we as authors need to be on social media. And that is essentially because we want to build relationships with people, right? And marketing today is about building relationships and everyone's on social media, as we saw in the last episode with those statistics that'll blow your mind. If you haven't listened to that, you want to go back and listen to it because it's really, there's some amazing statistics in there. Um, But you want to be on social media, at least one network, because Mm -hmm. that helps you reach your audience in some way, because you'll find your audience on a network. And so we looked at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, Pinterest, and YouTube. And today, we're going to do that again. But instead of talking about you know, all the, all the different, um, like the overall look at social media, we're going to be looking at the statistics and the demographics for each of those platforms. That's right. Because we want to figure out which social media network is best for you, because it's going to be different for all of us, depending Mm -hmm. on, you know, what the demographics are, you know, how, whether it's men or women primarily, or whether it's young people or older people or that sort of thing. Well, and I think that with social media, you have your own personal favorites, but that may not be, if you're somebody who loves Instagram, but you may find that your readers are on Facebook, or you may find that your people are on TikTok. Your readers are on TikTok and you need to start figuring out how to make that work. So um, just because you personally have a favorite, although I do think that is a factor you need to include, um, because if you're going to enjoy being there, then you're going to probably be more active on it. But look at the, as we talk about these statistics, look at them in light of your reader and who is your reader and who are you trying to reach? Mm -hmm. So, so let's go. This is from that Status Brew article. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of statistics here. So don't let it overwhelm you. Just kind of listen to it. And as you hear each one, think, oh, that might be a network for me. Or there's no way that's my network, right? So the first one is Facebook. Facebook is always the most popular. It has right. a, all, and 2.8 billion active users. And this is kind of crazy. of them access it on mobile, Wow! right? So if you're not ready to do mobile content, you don't want to do Facebook because almost everyone is accessing Facebook on mobile. Uh, Teens are starting to drop off it. It is primarily Mm -hmm. 25 to 54 year olds. And this surprised me too. It's slightly more males than females. 56% of Facebook is male users. You know, that does surprise me on one hand, but in the practical side, when I see people who are responding to us on Facebook, yeah. I we have definitely men 
who are responding to us and who are inter- engaging with us yeah. on there and possibly even more than women. So that, I mean, we think about if you ask our 18 year old daughter, um, <laughs> she is not, she doesn't use Facebook unless she absolutely has to. Yeah. And in her mind and what she says is that's the mom's platform. That's the mom's, <laughs> platform. that's what our, that's what our daughter says. Well, so that's the image that she has of it. And I think probably her friends would agree with that. Yeah. But in practice, in actuality, it's not the moms, it's the dads. Yeah. yeah. But it's <laughs> a good network for people who are of that age, right? Where mm-hmm. they are moms or dads. So if that's what your reader is, right. if those are the people you're trying to reach, then Facebook may be the platform for you. Now, Chris, can we just take a moment and recap? What does it, why does it matter that so much of this is being viewed on a mobile device? We talked about this in our last episode, but I think it bears repeating because if you are somebody who uses your Facebook profile or you, you like to use social media on a desktop or on a laptop or even on a, um, a tablet, a tablet, you are going to be getting a different experience than most of the users out there. So what does that mean? What do we need to think about? What shift do we need to think about when we're preparing our content? Well, for our website, it has to be mobile friendly, which means it has to be able to redesign itself when people come to the page to look good. Your things like your sales pages, your pages on your website about you, they need Mm -hmm. to be what's called responsive, right? So that they changed depending on if people are on a mobile device. But even when posting on social media, you need to know that people may be just scrolling through pretty quickly, mm-hmm. right? It's it's a little different than the desktop where you're moving your mouse a little bit and stopping, moving and stopping. It's just a constant scroll. So you need to have scroll stopping material that you put on on Facebook or on, on any, mobile, any mobile network. Right. I, I think that's true. You need something that catches some attention. Yeah. And you also, they need to be able to read it. I think this is the other thing, and we're going to get into this, but Using fonts that are um, easy to read yeah. on a smaller screen, uh, using fonts, using colors, using putting those two things together to make sure that yeah. they are easy to read on a, on a mobile device. That's and, and all important to take. Gina's talking account. about images here. If you're using images in your social mm-hmm. media, if you're just writing text in there, of course, you have to use whatever. They right. Provide. I'm, I'm thinking about, yes, if you yep. are producing images for your content or something, then then you just want to make sure it's not eight point type. That's right. Because if it's eight point on a tiny screen, they're just not going to be able to read it. Yeah. All right. So the next network, this is interesting, is Twitter. Talk about networks that move fast. Twitter moves very fast. 26% of U.S. users, users in the United States, check multiple times a day on wow. Twitter. They go there a lot. of their users check daily. So Twitter has a very active user base. Mm -hmm. Those who are on Twitter check it all the time. I've heard before that you can post as many as like 11 times on Twitter and it's not too much because that material goes away so quickly that you need to have something new on there all the time. And if you're someone who likes to fire stuff out there, uh, you like to have short conversations, you've seen that Twitter can be um, very uh, effective that way, but it can also be the kind of thing that's hard to keep up with. Right. Uh, We'll We'll talk next week about hashtags and that sort of thing, because that's what you've got to use when you're on Twitter. Yes, you definitely want to use hashtags. I think more important is the demographics here, which is 58% of them are 
25 to 49 year olds. So pretty similar to Facebook, but even more men. 70% of Twitter users are male. Wow. Yeah. So if you're, if you're writing for men, you may want to think about being on Twitter. Yeah. You may want to be on. And I can see that because I, I definitely think that there's something appealing if you're somebody. And this was another part of that statistic. 42% are college graduates. Mm. 42% college graduates. So these are probably a professional, a, a more <laughs> professional lot that you are you reaching. You wouldn't know it by going there, would you? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't necessarily know it. But these are professional people. They're busy. They want just the facts. They want to get in there and get out. Mm -hmm. And they're they're moving fast. And uh, I think that would appeal to men. Yeah. I think that would appeal to a lot of men that just, you know, they're not looking for the emotion or the emotive content that you might get on Facebook or Instagram. They're just like, give it to me and let me get going. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. The next one is Instagram. Put your Instagram. hands up if you like Instagram. A lot of people love Instagram. Instagram is the fourth most active platform online. And don't forget, it is owned by Facebook. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there are certain things you can post on Instagram, like your stories. And I believe those translate over yes. to Facebook, right? It goes right over and vice versa. I think yeah. it goes back and forth. These are both owned by Meta. Yeah. And so this is a uh, younger audience because 64% mm -hmm. pretty much two thirds of the platform are under 34 years old. Okay. So see wow. how that skews younger than Facebook it really does. I would have, I Twitter. would have thought, I actually would have thought Instagram was more in the 30 to 40, 30 to 45 year olds. Yeah. Most of them are under now, 34. This is under 34. And, but you know what? Hey, that, that tracks with where we are. I was talking about our daughter, mm -hmm. 18 years old. She she and her friends love Instagram. Yep. They're all about the Instagram. So it, it is pretty much go. evenly male and female. So it's about 50-50. Okay. Uh, now, this is interesting. When it comes to what marketers do on Instagram, 58% of them use reels. Reels are the short videos mm -hmm. that are like 30 seconds or one minute long. 58% of marketers use those because they're very effective. 80% of the stories, which are the posts that have multiple posts in them, multiple pictures and that sort of thing. Almost in them. like a slideshow presentation kind yeah. of effect. 80% 80, 80 of those have a call to action. In other words, 80% of those try to point you to go do something like mm -hmm. comment, respond, or or go to this website or, or, or that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And 83% um, of the people on Instagram use it to discover new products. That wow. includes new books. That is an interesting thing there because Instagram alone is not a, um, yeah. it, it, it's not a, what am I trying to say? It's not a search engine. It no. is not a search engine yet. That's what a lot of the people are using it as when they go there, they're, and, and I think that's where the influencers come in where mm -hmm. people, you know, they, they, people are looking for something, but they're, they want feedback from people that they trust. So if you can build that relationship then you're going to find readers who are more likely to trust what you have to say. So I yeah. think that tracks. I, I find it interesting because we, we know that Pinterest is also very um, focused on helping people find products and things because people go there looking for answers. The, the difference is, I think you're right, that Instagram is more about influencers showing you products where Pinterest is more about um, maybe you finding products almost like in a storefront because yes. they well, really you, were focused on their storefront. Who needs, when you go to Pinterest, you are looking for uh, what you need. Yeah. A lot of times it is a search engine. So you are looking for, I have a need that I want to 
fill yes and how can you know direct me to where i need to go to have it filled yeah yeah that's good all right and the next one tiktok tiktok okay tiktok, TikTok. is very young compared to the it's other it's the two. baby it is uh well it's yeah it's young in terms it of how old baby. it is yes. they've reached a billion active users in a very short time despite the fact that they were banned in india Okay, so this is a network that has grown really big, really fast. A lot of people use TikTok, um, but it skews very young. So it, it no, 45% of the audience, so nearly half of the audience wow. is 18 to 24 years old. Okay, so this is very young compared to the other networks. Also, 56% are female. So a lot of women use TikTok, a lot of young women. So if that's your audience, you might want to think about starting to produce videos on TikTok. We probably need to do a podcast on how to produce videos as an author because yeah. this is, we're becoming a more video centric world. That's part of the reason why we have this podcast. If you're listening to this in an audio podcast platform, you might be surprised to find out we're also on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And we do that because we know a lot of people like to watch the video. Right. Right. I think a TikTok also, I think the way people use TikTok is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. I know when you and I go on TikTok, we have some of our favorite people that we like to watch on there. For us, it is very entertaining. Yeah, it is a it very is. entertaining. It's an entertainment focused network. Yes. So I think it's a little bit different. You don't necessarily get the, or at least I have not experienced the, the, the good vibes, the feeling <laughs> that I get like from an Instagram um, kind of feel. So it doesn't have that same emotive, but some of the things are just hilarious. Yeah, so yeah. some of the things were really fun. Uh, LinkedIn now is very much focused on business users, right? Mm -hmm. And so 60% of their, their users are also kind of young. They're 25 to 34 years old. They're evenly male and female, but they are very much focused on people who are professional. You don't put funny posts on there for the most mm -hmm. part. You want to reach people with business material. So if you write books that are nonfiction, that are mm -hmm. for a business audience, this might be the platform for yes, you. Yes, this is. I, and I would. I was kind of surprised to see that LinkedIn was as, it, it was kind of one of the heavy hitters, you know. Yeah. But when we were looking at those statistics from our last broadcast, mm -hmm. um, and our last podcast, the I was surprised, but LinkedIn really is. It is a um, it's kind of a heavy hitter. It's hanging up there with everybody else, but it's yeah. just got a unique voice, which is what makes it so appealing for people. Well, and 45 million people search for jobs on LinkedIn every single month. Wow. Right. So if you have a book about a job specific book, very much yes. you want to be on there. Um, in fact, they say that 46% of many most companies' website traffic that comes from social media comes from LinkedIn. So people do follow LinkedIn to different companies. So again, if you're a nonfiction writer and you're trying to get people to see your company or you're a freelancer, you're a full-time freelancer and you mm -hmm. want people to see your company, you want to be posting things on LinkedIn because people will follow to your website from Absolutely. there. Yeah. Oh, and next one, it was what, Gina? Pinterest. Pinterest. Um, okay. Pinterest is 77% female. Who's yeah. surprised by that statistic? This is where the women are. So this we talked about a lot of networks are. where men are. This is where the women are, isn't it? But this is a little bit surprising to me. 60% of the people who use Pinterest are 18 to 34 years old. Yeah. So very young and women. So again. It's, a, it's a younger audience. Yeah. 
and only 5% use Pinterest globally. So only 5% of the social media users are international yeah, is you know, how that I'm taking that. They, they, what is that? Well, mean? no, not, not international everywhere. So if only 5% of social media users use Pinterest compared to the others, right? It's, it's, that means they have a lot of room for growth. Mm. They compared to the others, which are, you know, like for instance, Facebook has, well, right. I, I don't remember what the number was, but they're, they have a tremendous amount of people in all the countries. We talked about that last podcast, Pinterest is only about 5%. So they have a lot of room for growth. I would say it's probably especially internationally. Um, and yet they are one of the top 15 most active platforms. People use it a lot. And most people who use it are in the U.S. right now. Well, here's what we have found that we like about Pinterest. And we may want to do a, a podcast about this mm -hmm. later on, about specifically on Pinterest. But Pinterest is a search engine. Yes. So when you're talking about Google, when you're talking about YouTube, when you're talking about Pinterest, you're talking about content that has a longer lifespan than when you're talking about Twitter, or yeah. you're talking about Facebook or Instagram, where the, the, the feed is scrolling and going so fast that it doesn't have a long lifespan. Yeah. So with Pinterest, when you create content for Pinterest, it lives for quite a while. And mm -hmm. I think that's what makes Pinterest so appealing. We also have been um, in kind of learning more and more about Pinterest and learning that they are getting ready to release new um, innovative uh, services. They things tend to that come out with new things all the time. Yes. I think that's because they're so small compared to the others and they really want to grow. Mm -hmm. We talk a lot about Pinterest on episode 15 of this podcast. So if you want to hear more about Pinterest, go back and look okay. at some previous podcasts okay. and check that out. Yeah. All right. Next is YouTube. YouTube is um, it, it is kind of like Pinterest. It's really a search engine. It is the second largest mm -hmm. search engine in the world right behind Google, which owns YouTube. Okay, so almost all the search engine traffic in the world goes through Google uh, and Google prioritizes YouTube videos when it's giving okay. you answers. Um, this has it reaches more 18 to 24 year olds than any TV network. Wow. Think about that. More than ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. You it know reaches what? more in that key demographic group than any TV network. I don't know that that really surprises me. I mean, it surprised me on one aspect, but in another way, when I think about how our family uses YouTube, yeah. a lot of times when we are sitting down to watch something as a family, yeah. we will sit down and watch YouTube. We, mm -hmm. we have some of the channels that are some of our favorites that we have found. Um, and... Yeah, we, you can work your way through a a few fifteen minute broadcasts or whatever or, or you know videos. So anyway, so when I think about that, I think wow, that seems surprising. But on the other hand, when I think about how I actually use it mm -hmm. and how our family uses it, I would say that's probably very much in line. So 70% of the people who use YouTube also use it on mobile. So you want your videos to be mobile friendly, they average about 10 minutes. So you, the short videos, uh, you can do longer videos. A lot of people do long form content, but 10 minutes is that key area. And um, it's pretty much evenly male and female. Men and yes. women like it equally, yeah? Well, and also using the mobile, um, when knowing that 70% is mobile, it means you really need to put some captions on there. Yeah, and I know that's, that's something we're even working on yeah. ourselves, right? Because yeah. <laughs> some of our videos, a lot of our videos as of yet, 
we have not put captions on. So yeah. we are working towards making that happen ourselves. YouTube provides captions, but they're not perfect. If you're watching this right now on YouTube, we haven't gotten into our full workflow about putting corrected captions on our YouTube mm -hmm. videos. So you may see it a little bit funny sometimes, but we're working on that right now. So, okay, so those are the statistics. Very interesting. I hope as you were listening, you were thinking about which network might work for you mm -hmm. um, and, and your, your readers, your listeners, and that sort of thing. Uh, now, next week, we're going to be talking about some really interesting tips and tricks associated with each one of these networks that came from this article. It's a fantastic article. Again, it's in the show notes. Um, but if you are overwhelmed with your social media stuff, we do have a resource we want to share with you because it's one of our favorite. We only share resources that we actually use yeah. and love. And that resource is called Social Beat. Um, you can go and find out about it at writing.fyi slash social That's our link to it. It's an affiliate link, but it gets you one of the best deals on social that's available today. Because what social media does is it's a content scheduler. And you can connect all of the social networks to Social Bee. And then when you make a post, it goes out to all of them at once. It saves a tremendous amount of time. And uh, I really love it. We have a, a coupon that we worked out with the folks at Social Bee that's Momentum 20. If you use that coupon at that link that I talked about, so Momentum 20 at writing.fyi slash Social it'll lock in 20% off for life. That's about $12.60 a month. Wow. It's, that's, I mean, it is so worth it. it I is am so worth it. And I will say this I am not the techiest person <laughs> at all. Yeah. And so if you are someone who struggles with tech and you're thinking, oh, they're going to tell me about something that there's no way I can make this happen. <laughs> yeah. I can use social B. And if I can use it, anybody can use it. It's that it's, it's really so it saves you so much time. And when you're writing, you want to spend your time writing. You, you yeah. don't want to spend your time being a social media manager. That's, right. That's not what your calling is. So you want to be able to write and social B really helps you make that happen. Yeah. So, so check that out at writing.fyi slash social B. It does so much more even than what we've said here, uh, but I won't belabor the point, but check that out. I'll put it in the show notes too, so that you can go and just read about it yourself, find out about everything it does. Well, and can I just even say, if this is something that you're like, I'd love to, to know more about it, but I'm not really sure how to mm -hmm. make it work. Um, comment comment about this or send us a text about this. We are tossing around some ideas about doing some training yeah. video, live training videos to help people understand yeah. how to use it. And yeah. we'd like to know what the interest is. So. It's, it's not difficult, but it's the kind of thing that, you know, if it's new to you, you may be like, I don't even know how to connect my you know, Facebook account to something like this. We'll show you how to do it. It's pretty easy, but it's kind of nice sometimes just to have someone there at your side that you can follow. So mm -hmm. we, we'd be happy to do that. Anyway, if you've enjoyed this podcast, we hope that you will rate, review, subscribe, and share this with other people that you know. Uh, the subscribing is super important because if you subscribe, you won't miss any of the episodes. Next week, we're going to talk about those tips and tricks for social yeah. media. If you don't want to miss that, be sure to hit subscribe there in your podcast player or on YouTube, and that'll make sure that you go ahead and get notified when that new episode is out. Plus, we have a whole library right now of previous episodes. We've got something like, I want to say... Um, 40 or yeah, about 40 episodes before this one that are all still very timely. And then you can learn all about writing and about publishing today and also marketing your book. Mm -hmm. yeah? And branding and um, branding, just helping you all the way around. 
So we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Until next time, remember that together we have writing momentum. You've been listening to the Writing Momentum Podcast with authors Christopher and Gina Maselli. Don't forget to subscribe and get the show notes at writingmomentum.com backslash podcast. Until next time, we hope that you have writing momentum. Hey, writer, do you struggle with finding time to write? Well, you're not alone. In fact, time is the number one challenge that most writers face when it comes to getting their books finished. That's why we've created Writing Moments, weekly sessions you can schedule on your calendar to write online with me, Gina, award-winning author and screenwriter Renee Gutteridge, and other writers who have similar goals as you. Each week, we're meeting for a short writing training, Q&A, and then 45 minutes of uninterrupted writing time together, where we'll keep each other accountable to get our stuff done. If you'd like to find out how you can join us for some upcoming writing moments, just visit writingmomentum.com slash writing moments. We'd love to have you there. That's writingmomentum.com slash writing moments. <laughs>